Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, welcome to the show that's brought to you along with Levi Solicitors, who will offer you a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Best thing about Levi Solicitors now, Michael, you've been trained over the last couple of days, you should know. They're just a great bunch of lads. And also you can book appointments online and you can use them anywhere in the country. Oh, wow. That sounds good, doesn't it? Do you know where you can get details of that? Um, their website. Yeah, the address I just gave. What yeah. were you going to say, Moscow? I was going to say you could book them in one place and then go to another and have the meeting there. It's an option. Yeah, you could do anything. Yeah. Possibilities are not quite endless. And my mum's just had wills done with Levi's, so there's a, a mum endorsement. There Very you good. Go. Cut yeah. you right out of it, I heard. <laughs> I'll go into the cat sanctuary. Rightly <laughs> so. Levi'slicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Yeah, it's Dan Michael and Moscow with you today on the... Uh, I was going to say the weekly show, but it's more like a what do we need to flog this week from the warehouse uh, show. Oh, just can't, nothing, nothing really comes to mind apart from, oh, these, um, these mugs, the Leeds fighter mugs. So you've got... You've got Clicky on it. That's nice. All right. So, what, so what Leeds players have we got on there? Clicky, <laughs> Dallas, Elder uh, Costa, and um, Jackie Harrison. So you know. So three out of four there. Three. I mean, I mean, Click, Click has left. I mean, Elder Costa is Slowers. And Click will always be ours. So th- these are all Leeds players. Yeah. So it's uh, celebrating a great time, isn't it? It's not about now. Exactly. That was version two, wasn't it? Yeah. Leeds fighter one, slightly um, less sort of current, but legends all the same. <laughs> uh, Pablo Hernandez is there. Alioski. Berardi, Tyler Roberts, Calvin Phillips. Every single one a promotion-winning legend. And Tyler Roberts has his hair in some delightful little bunches. And what's great is you're moving the mug so fast there, I don't think the camera can focus in time. Well, what people can do is they can go to the squareball.net, look at the merch section, find items on sale, or... Hang on a second, you're telling me those mugs are not full price? No, no, well, I mean, it's a Tyler Roberts mug, isn't it? So... (laughs) There's only so much you can get away with. Um, and he's he's right on the front as well, whereas Pablo's hidden around the side. But uh, yeah, they're a fiver and they're made of quality mug stuff. And you can spend hours gazing at them on our website. But I predict you'll only spend seconds before you've pressed buy. Yeah. And then they'll be posted to you. Michael will probably put them in a box, boxes that are consistently are cutting our fingers to ribbons. Which means they're <laughs> good quality. Yeah. yeah, they're good quality boxes. And it's because those hands have not done a day's work in their life. Once you the sat, mugs... You sat at ITV gorging yourself on free tea and coffee. And once the mugs <laughs> are delivered to you, it's not minutes or hours, it's a lifetime of mug-based Tyler Roberts joy or Helder Costa if you get version two. Okay. Get both. Yeah. And when, Get uh, these shirts too. And well, well I was going to say, check out TSB Plus as well. Early access to the match ball, which is good, isn't it? Which is just what you want. 
Yeah. Like this all the so time. let's stop, stop it with the selling. It's all at the squareball.net. Part one of the show then um, is the news section, weekly show. Felt like the longest week ever, this, hasn't it? Yeah, I was really confused when I went to update the prep sheet and I discovered at the top of it was stuff about Weston McKenney and I thought, that was ages ago. It's been here months. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was a week ago when we still had Jesse Marsh in charge. Mm. Well, they do say a week is a long time in football. They do, and it's been a, it's been a hell of a week. But, you know. He's, was... not, uh, he's not updated his LinkedIn by latest reports. People are obviously waiting and refreshing it to see at what point he finally <laughs> relents and says no longer... He can he can put an end to his most recent work experience, can't he? But uh, yeah, I wonder what he is doing because he's not. Randy Marich has tweeted his goodbyes. He's not said anything. Have I might be reading his Leeds United history books. Yeah, he have we, have we, it, um, I'm finally watching that win at Man City. Do you remember? Have we had LinkedIn as a sponsor read on this show before? I know we've had it on the Athletic because I made a boo boo the other week because we, me, you, and Phil were taking the piss out of LinkedIn, and then I realised that there'd been some paid advertising. I think on the Athletic, no, so I hastily chopped it out and re-uploaded the episode. <laughs> it's no different when uh, Talksport. Had some adverts, didn't they? Yeah, with that, yeah. I was like, we, some, we welcomed them. It was the Chelsea Simpleton, um, <laughs> wasn't it? What's his name? Of course, Rory. Rory. Yeah, we've had uh, we get admittedly not sponsor sponsorship reads, but we get Jake Humphrey podcast adverts in it yeah. as well, which is good. Because so the adverts, we don't control what goes on them. We can't control it. They just go out. So it could be any anything, couldn't it? I think Jake Humphrey is on uh, podcast adverts. It's all to recognise him as the innovator. He was behind the, the, uh, yeah, the concept, the voice of God, and all that. Let's start off with sad news, which was Roy Wood passing of the Leeds keeper of the 1950s. Obviously, we're not of an age where we saw him, but if only we had somebody who'd written a book about the entire history of Leeds United and might have at least done a little bit of research on this subject, Moscow. Well, he was a goalkeeper when we were promoted in 1956. <laughs> um, the most interesting thing, or the most sort of current thing I can tell you about, Roy Wood. So he was a goalkeeper in the late 1950s, played with the John Charles team when that came up from Division One, and he would have been there when the main stand burnt down as well. All that kind of stuff. And we were good then. Um, we actually, I mean, we rocketed straight to the top of the Division 1 and then the main stand burned down and we had to sell John Charles and it was all like we were terrible from then on until Don Reavy turned up. But he, at the time of the centenary and even uh, until now, was the oldest surviving Leeds United player. And so he was at the centenary dinner, which me and John Howe and Rob of, uh, I can't remember, Rob, uh, Rob Endicott's, all got into because we did some bits for the centenary stuff and that was a great night Becchio's there at one end of uh, I, like how, I like how that's the first thing you thought of is the only Becchio's. person I had my photo taken with room full of legends and I went I didn't want to bother them all because one of the nice things about that did night was did he ask was, you to put your trousers back on? <laughs> one of the nice things about that night was you saw lots of players who maybe from different eras and you didn't realise that they knew each other greeting each other like old friends and that you'd maybe uh, not seen. And in amongst them all was Roy Wood. And I think he was wearing a, a white dinner jacket. He was, yeah. And he was... That's, um, a, that's a bold move, isn't it, the James Bond? He was interviewed briefly. In the, They had all the, the ex-players in a, a raised area on their own. He was interviewed there and he was good value. And then I think he enjoyed his night because as I was leaving, his family were trying to get him to go home. And I think he'd had a couple and... People were going up wanting selfies with him, wanting to shake his hand, thank him for playing for Leeds United and recognise his contribution to the club. And let's just say I got the impression that he was having an absolute whale of a time <laughs> with all the attention that was um, coming his way. And obviously, because you forget he would have playing at Elland Road in the 1950s in the first division, you know, 50,000 people 
cheering, your every move and all that kind of adrenaline. So um, All wearing flat caps. All wearing flat caps and suits and ties. And but I don't know if he was feeling some of that sort of rush again. It was it was really funny. <laughs> it was just great to see him having a, a, a good all night. And, and, you know, a lot of it took place in a West stand that had basically been built during his time there at the club. So, well, yeah, yeah it's, this it's is kind it. Of, it must be a real echo down the ages. Yeah, I mean, that's one of, I suppose it's one of the nice things about Alan Road. It has not changed since players like Roy Wood were in the team. So the, that kind of continuity, although wasn't it um, Eddie Gray who was like, he's well up for getting it demolished. That was there when I got here and it needs uh, it needs sorting out. <laughs> yeah, nothing does stand still in football as we've seen with the, um, the management transition this week. Or not yet, as the case may be, after the owner slash chairman, our overlord, tweeted and then had to, well, didn't row back, just left it hanging. And we still don't have a manager on Friday, which we, we discussed it on the match ball. We probably don't need to go there again. But we had some prayers since then, didn't we? We then, did have some prayers. And yeah. then the prayers got deleted. Oh, they did, yeah. And yeah. then we had a reference to um, Jean Kevin Augustin. And we had a reference to JFK John F. Kennedy. Well, yeah, yeah. And then uh, half and half scarves are bad. Yeah, he did a sicky emoji there, didn't he? Mm, Maybe it's because he didn't have our, our revised badge on it. It'd have been like thumbs up mm. for that one. Yeah, there is. The, it, there is a bit of pressure, obviously, created about us not having a manager and needing to find one. But there'd perhaps be less urgency if somebody hadn't tweeted that it was going to be done on Tuesday night and now it's Friday morning and he's just like, well. <laughs> I did try. Yeah. If everyone had said yes, then it would be a, but So what about what I said? If everyone had said yes, then I have three managers. Although well, it, does, uh, it does raise the prospect of us if whoever we were assumed was going to be on the plane on Tuesday night was our Bamba Dieng, mm. the manager we do end up with should be our Wolf Nyonto. Might actually be Wolf Nyonto. Give him it. I Although know. him and Scoobs to the end of the season, it'd be like um, Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo. So, uh, <laughs> something we always say on um, on the Phil Hay show is we need to timestamp this because things do move quickly in football. Uh, so we are now recording Friday lunchtime and who knows what will happen in the coming hours. But we will be recording with Phil after this in about another two or three hours. So hopefully the Scotsman will have some answers for us. But it looks like... And if like he doesn't, then We're outside let, his we'll, house with pitchforks. No, we won't let him out of here. We'll lock him in the office. Because <laughs> he definitely knows. I think the one thing that... Uh, <laughs> he definitely knows. People... <laughs> you always he does. Occasionally... Well, people keep asking him, so people must think he does, and I think he does. Yeah. So, Phil, do you know who well, the manager's going to be? Just tell us. He messaged me this morning saying, I know who it is, but right. pretend that I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I got You're in the group, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, but if you keep asking him, he might tell you. Yeah, definitely. And the best way to do that is via Twitter, relentlessly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anthony Iriola seems to mm. be the one. If you uh, listen to what Phil said, and he mentioned it on uh, on the athletic, not our athletic uh, podcast with them, but the other one, the football podcast, someone called Chappers or someone on that. Yeah. Well, when, when are you getting your shot on match of the day, too, Dan? That's what I, I, remember. I don't want it. I, I don't want to be putting the firing line like that. I'm up here just in our little corner of the um, of the internet. It's fine. Um, would you be interested in Anthony Iriola? Yes. So he's said to be, potentially, if rumours are to be believed, he's up for it. It's expensive, isn't it? It's expensive. Yeah, football's expensive. It's a daft business, isn't it? We know that. I mean, you say it's expensive, but, you know. I'll tell, saw... tell you what's what, a lot more expensive, going down. Yeah, I was going to say, we saw with Bielsa, the, the hiring of the most expensive coach in our history turned out to be quite a bargain. Uh-huh. You know, so if you get someone who can make all your players good, it's a lot cheaper than buying a load of new players, mm. which seems to be another another option that a lot of managers want to take, so... Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, goes without saying, I know very little about the guy, apart from stuff I've read within the last few days. I've actually found myself properly digging into like tactical blogs for him and for 
Ar- oh, how do you pronounce this? Are we going for Arnie Slut? Yeah, it's Casper's brother. Yeah. Yeah. Which one do you want? Either, really. Do you, we don't know enough about him. <laughs> There's only uh, Ariola who played with Jackie Harrison. Yeah. So Arnie mm-hmm. Slut doesn't have that in his back pocket. So they had a, a few months together in New York. So there's that connection. It does feel like sometimes, because obviously Jesse Marsh knew Harrison from when they were rivals in New York and Tyler Adams also from the same. They were on opposing teams in the big New York derbies. And maybe people have been distracted by the idea of people thinking, oh, San Francisco 49ers, they want loads of Americans in. I think it's actually just hiring Jackie's mates. Hmm. So it could be a continuation of that. He also um, played for Bielsa as well, but I think that's less important. Slurt called the goals. Well, he's got the shots on target, and they did seem to go into goals like his last match. Um, he sounds like the guy. And then also, I liked his answer when he said, nobody has been in contact from Leeds. I've not had any messages from Leeds. And I said, well, what would happen if they do get in contact? He said, well, I'll open the message. Mm. Good. Good answer. Is the right answer. I like a smart ass. Yeah. The uh, the The... Excellent daily email stressed me out about about slot though. Looking at his last game, where there was just the TSP plus daily email yeah, that, that you get if you become a TSP plus member. Very good value. Very and good. remember to uh, confirm your email address when you get that as well. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't done that, then just but, check your spam. But yes, yeah, for it to be to be <laughs> two down to two all to three two to three all to penalties, they had. Um, I, I just want Feyenoord had eighty four shots in their last two games. <laughs> 84, 50, and then I think 34 the game before. I mean, that is a lot. It is a lot, isn't it? But I would like us you, to but, just... But, Michael, listen, 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 I'd, no, like, listen, I'd like listen. us to have some, like, two or three nil games. Park your anxiety for a minute. Mm. You're an expert coach. Mm. You know, if you want to win games, what have you got to do? Goals in the middle. Oh, no, Jesse heard that. <laughs> they ignore that. You were nearly... You had me it goals. Was, it was irrefutable. The goal frame correct. is on the end line. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, so it's just goals. Yeah. I'm, I don't want to spoon feed you. You're the expert, yeah? Yeah, well, I mean... I'm saying this I'm in a week that we managed to score by not having a shot. Yeah. Trick, but you can sometimes trick the opposition into putting it in the goal. Because they were in the middle in front of the goal, weren't they? And mm. Like a man kicked it towards him. Yeah. And it went in. It's another way of doing it. So to win games, you need to... Kick it towards the goal. And put it in the goal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So what's wrong with having loads of attempts at doing that? Yeah, well, I mean, it seems to work from the top of the league, aren't they? Yeah. So You can't go any higher than that. No. No. So if, you, if you're top of the league, everyone's below you. Mm. Yeah. Whereas that, that loser, Iriola, still hasn't overcome Barcelona and Real Madrid. <laughs> I mean, that's the argument on, on like for a him. a hundredth of the budget. It's the argument for him coming here. He's been quite successful in La Liga, but you're only ever going to finish third, aren't you? So mm-hmm. what's the best way? Has he got him fifth? Whereas in the Premier League, can win it. There's some kind of talk that he... Well, the reports in Spain were that he has a, this eight to ten million pound buyout clause and that that will trigger him being allowed to leave, and he wants to leave. But the way that the contract has been structured is that the club has to give him the money, and then he pays his own buyout clause. <laughs> but he thinks that would be disrespectful to walk out on a club by doing that. I don't know why he negotiated the clause in the first place in that case. But like, So if Leeds paid his buyout clause and said, we'll have you now, he'd be like, okay, yes, master. But... If Leeds say, here's the money you need to trigger the clause in your contract. That money like, was just resting in my account, oh, officer. I, I can't do that. That would be a bit too a bit too much. So it's, it's a bit it's of the a same, weird thing. It's the same end result, isn't it? Well, it's exactly. That... And if he wants to come, then once you've made the decision that you want to come, then the exact circumstances of your leaving, as long as you're not you know, setting your office on fire or something, then it's just you get on that. the plane. I once had an uncle who I didn't know who died in a plane crash. Um, and a man sent me an email to tell me about it. And all I had to do was transfer him. Ah. Oh. Five thousand pounds it was to unlock the the money, 
that just, my, it's that coming my, through from, from my dead uncle who yeah. uh, I think he was I think he was like 14 million or something that was all coming to me was it was, somewhere was it um, Nigeria I was only surviving he, and he was he, a prince yeah yeah the guy ah, was yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and he was he was help. I think he worked for the embassy or something right yeah so yeah. he was helping me out but yeah. then he, I think he must have got sacked or something because he stopped replying to my emails did you send the money though yeah? oh god yeah oh, of course yeah. Yeah. Western Union as well which is always yeah, the best yeah. way best way to do it so West, just Western Union this guy's 8 million pounds and hope for the best and hope for the best that's McKenny's middle name Western, Western Union, Western Michigan. Union. Would it would it be any more of a con than Jesse Marsh somehow over the space of two years managing to convince um, Victor Alter that he'd be the, an ideal replacement for Bielsa? Because that that actually did happen. Oh, it's all coming out now, isn't it? <laughs> Absolute turncoat bastard. What was he, what did he say to him though in those two years? Well, he's very he's very persuasive, <sighs> isn't he? Mm, mm, well, well, he. He does a lot of persuading, let's put lot, it that way. He does a lot of persuading. <laughs> so you can maybe, and I guess is it, well, it not, it's the nicest thing to say, he talks a good game. Yeah, maybe. And I suppose in uh, the Austrian Bundesliga, he coached a good game as well. So he's top mm. of the league winning all the time. And there was the turnaround at Anfield. So he has done stuff. Yeah. Like, I know it is, um, it's obviously kicking season. And I'm, I don't mind kicking him because uh, he's been quite, it's been a frustrating 11 months and you kind of look back at it. Now it's over. There has not been a redemption. There was not a moment where it all came together and it became good. So you do just look back at the last eleven months and go, like, you just have done what Scoobs did in mm. in a day. But there, I suppose there were there will have been things that would make him seem like a decent idea. Well, he did have some trophies and stuff, didn't it? But I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that whole thing of has Arthur just sat there and kind of dispensed with the you know the level of the league and the fact that they had the best team in the league and the best players and Erling Haaland. And that kind of thing, and gone. Well, he's won some trophies. He knows what it's all about to win. And because there is, there has got to be something intangible about coaching. It's, it's, you know, getting the end result is kind of an abstract concept, isn't it? You know, if you if you're a football executive and you are not immersed in tactical plans and game plans and formations and shapes and stuff like that, and you know how they actually are executed on the field, you've just got to put your faith in the person that you employ, haven't you? And if you get sort of, but if you buy into their record, if you like, mm. and you think, well, that's a good record, that will do as well, then you kind of trust them to deliver that, don't you? And were you to know any better? Well, if you're the director of football, you should know better. Mm. And you should know what coaching involves and you should know what they're going to be doing on the pitch. But it seems like that part of things is what got out of control where reading sort of Phil's breakdown of where it went wrong. We've we've stumbled back into where it went wrong about Marsh. So we'll keep it brief because we did an hour on it, didn't we? But um, that they weren't happy with sort of his public profile and things, but also like the inexperience of his backroom staff. That, you know, we had Cameron Toshak and... Randy Marich and a couple of other guys. And then for a while we had nobody. We had Mark Jackson and Chris Armas came in. So there wasn't even, they didn't seem like they were ever comfortable with what was actually happening coaching wise. And there's maybe there's a, I suppose there's two things. Skabala is going to be, obviously he's in Heroes in, in Villains in a bit. But what he, um, he's not, obviously he's not a miracle working coach who can take us into the future. But he's sort of done what we were told Jesse Marsh was going to do after Bielsa, which was, going to be a transition we all thought when Bielsa was sacked Marsh is going to come in change the marking be a bit more pragmatic defend better and keep attacking in the same way and we didn't do that Marsh I think wanted to just come in and go right I'll just burn all this down to the ground and start again he overtrained the plans he started talking about Bielsa in disrespectful way so it was kind of like stop whereas Skibala maybe because he's a, a caretaker coach and with Armisen Gallardo Calvin has gone I oh, know well, actually they're doing a lot of good stuff so what I'm going to do is make everything really simple, not try to get them to do loads of new stuff in the first week. Marsh said that his second 
session with the players was to introduce them to eight new concepts in a relegation battle. None of that this week. Just steady shape, and you could see how steady were. The fullbacks weren't bombing forward, and then in attack, instead of going as fast as possible to the penalty area, the reason why we suddenly had a little bit more width was that we were stopping and keeping possession instead of trying to get shot off. And that was pretty much all the changes, and that's all it took for us to go 2-0 up at Old Trafford and everybody to feel like, oh, this seems to be looking a lot better. And it's kind of, if Marsh had come in and just gone and done what we all wanted, which was, if you go back to the top tick list, stop playing Tyler Roberts. They still play Tyler Roberts. It's injured him. <laughs> Change the marking and tighten up the defence. That will do. And instead we got full kind of like, I don't care about what happened here before. I'm not watching the Man City game from last season. We're doing all this now and this is us forward. And 11 months later, it turned out to be a step backward really. And then yeah. we're, we're building from there. Well, steps forward, Moscow. Um, <laughs> Slot uh, has a, a delightful um, chapter of mercenary behaviour in his in his past when he left AZ to come to, uh, to Feyenoord. So if, if he does come to Leeds, if he does end up being the guy, then will he leave us in future? Probably. Well, if he does... He'll do so having done a good job. Having done a good job. Yeah. Well, if he leaves, if he leaves in a mercenary way, if he's if he's turfed out like Jesse Barsh, not so much. But yeah, yeah. if he's, uh, I can kind of live with that. I suppose it's like how Rafinha left because he did really well. Hmm. Fine. I'd um, rather I'd rather people just stayed. Marcelo but... um, Gallardo is what I'm going with because double L in Spanish is why. But mm-hmm. it turns out because I watched the I think it was a Tifo video on him. It's Gallardo. That's how they pronounce it over in Buenos Aires. I don't think the TIFO videos are made in Buenos Aires. No, the person who was, who was saying his name. But oh. then I found out afterwards. I was like, why is he saying it like that? And then I found out that it's... it's sh- oh, right. Yeah. Oh, there you go. But um, he, was, he doesn't seem to want it either. But well, if, 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 at, he, uh, well, if he does come, it'll be Marcelo Gallardo. Which right. is fine. He's been at a EDM festival <laughs> lately, so I don't know if he's got time for... Has he? Yeah, yeah. He was photographed with a famous DJ. Reach, was he reaching for the lasers? I'm trying to find which one it was. I think it was in Patagonia. But um, yeah, so he's just taking some time off to go and uh, take loads of, well, we don't know what it's taking. Uh, <laughs> take, take loads of time off. Take in, yeah, take in <laughs> loads of uh, exciting dance music. Yeah. Grow up. In his what? 40s, what's he doing? <laughs> you mean you've not, <laughs> you've not got a desire to go to Burning Man, Michael? <laughs> hanging around with the, with the kids, someone's dad. <laughs> Neon face paints on and stuff like that. Bless yeah. <laughs> him. But no, I mean... He's he's basically be else a bit more successful, isn't he? Mm, well, yeah. loads of stuff. Interesting reading about his tactical profile and watching videos on it as well. Like people are kind of panicked by the notion of him playing quite narrow as well, and there are elements of that. But it seems to be narrow without trying to force the ball through one mm. six square meter uh, portion of the pitch. Anyway, I don't think we're getting him. <laughs> well, <you> never, <laughs> by you, the sounds, you might of be it, the only one who wants it. You never know. But it's, I mean, at least you know when you look at the the candidates in terms of Slut and um, Gachado and. Um, Iriola. God, that's a lot of foreign names for me to do in one sentence. Corberan. And Corberan, yeah, who was never really in the frame, it doesn't sound like. Well, maybe spoke to him, but... Who did Radvitsani think we were getting on Tuesday night and who then had a... I think this is Iriola that we were... Yeah, I think, yeah, and then they've come up against the claws and the all that sort of business. Mm. I don't know. We'll see, won't we? Um, but at least it feels to me like they are shopping in the right supermarket. Okay. They're certainly trying to hire managers. Who are we going to end up with is the real question. Some of the some of the backup list scares me a bit when you look down the odds and you see, you you get down as far as like Benitez and Ralphie Rabbit Hutch and people like that you're a bit like oh. Benitez, it'd probably be fine but uh. Benitez has won loads of stuff though hasn't he? he knows yeah, what he's doing. it's just but, a bit. He, he also and, took Newcastle down, didn't he? Uh, yeah, but they were. Yeah, but he only came in. Place. He only came in with like a few games to go. 
in that, in that season. He did. And, but I think people like, like Benitez and Espirito Santo, I think they're obviously both actually quite decent managers. Yeah. With a recent failure on their, on their record, I guess. But that Spurs job was always going to be difficult for him because they never wanted him in the first place. He was mm-hmm. always going to get sacked at the first sign of trouble. And then Benitez was never going to be accepted at Everton because Evan, of the Liverpool thing. And then they brought Frat Lampard in, who did worse than him. So, yeah. you know, maybe maybe it wasn't actual an actual failure there. But I don't know, just I suppose when you're looking at people with a distinct playing style and hoping for a long-term project and something exciting, something like that, that would appear to be a let's stay up appointment. I mean, it's, it's kind difficult. of boring. I sometimes wonder, because we'll eat, you know, we've only been promoted a couple of years. You're like, oh, Benitez, is he really that good? And then just have a look at sort of his honours and like, well... Won the Champions League. <laughs> won the. Won the uh, it's like, yeah, like, yeah, like Nuno would probably be absolutely fine, but it's mm. it's very unsexy given mm. that he kind of it went bad for him at, at Spurs and there's a won perception the of negative football. But you know he was mm. he was one of the sort of hot coaching properties for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, so. I mean he finished mid table with Wolves season after season, didn't he? Yeah. Got him up from the Championship quite impressively. So and we and we do cry out for Leeds <laughs> to do the obvious thing sometimes, don't we? And mm. I'm not saying that that's the, that is the obvious thing, mm. but. I mean, let's see what happens. I suppose it's funny. I'm just looking at Benitez's career still. It's just funny to go that he has both the Champions League and EFL Championship Manager of the Month, October 2016, <laughs> are both on the same CV. So he's 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 done it all. He's done it all. But then uh, what better from the point of view of experience? But then you also, I guess, if his best achievements were a long time ago, I think you fall into that trap. That's kind of the, the Jesse Marsh, Thomas Christensen, Paul Heckingbottom thing, I mean, there's an argument with Hecky that we just had him too soon. Mm. That maybe up-and-coming new can't, coach. I think so. Yeah, up-and-coming new coach, but we get them before they're oh ready God, to that's, that's come axis, up. That's an axis of evil, isn't it? You'd think Carlton Palmer, <laughs> as a Sheffield Wednesday legend, would, wouldn't let the name of a Sheffield United manager he's, he's in his a, He's just a football man, is Carlton. Uh, Moscow. We'll be uh, recommend, recommending Dave Bassett next. Let's move on because there's going to be plenty of discussion of, of that over the coming days. Let's do some hot cup chat. The women's team back in action after that comprehensive defeat to essentially the Galacticos at Arsenal, who were several divisions above them, but they won. Uh, they didn't didn't get crushed by the experience, which is good. Uh, they won at AFC Fylde, beautiful part of the world. Is Fylde, isn't it? It's like posh, posh, but near Blackpool. I don't know actually. Never been. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's nice. Fair enough. Some Black- really, some really big houses around there. Yeah. Get yourself to Blackpool too for a, a more lawless experience. <laughs> a lawless, yeah. yeah. A more urgent experience. <laughs> Christ, what a place. But yeah, it was. they are still the division above. I did so try, it I did was, try it was and, a good win. I did try and explain Blackpool to an American friend of mine, a friend of mine, and I found it difficult. Yeah, it's, it is an unusual experience. Yeah, people can get uh, distracted by the tower. Yeah. Which it looked, it looked, from a distance, it was like, as a kid going to Blackpool, it was always got to spot the tower first, wasn't it? And But yeah, it's like a miniature version of the Eiffel Tower. Probably where the comparisons end. Um, yeah, I, I guess some suburbs of Paris are probably a bit like Blackpool. <laughs> yeah. Although, if you want to, you know, uh, God, I've still got COVID. It's not very good. Um, I'm fine. I've just got a bad throat. Um, Cut that out, <laughs> Flora. <laughs> talking 1950s style, even earlier than that, um, Major Frank Buckley, who was our manager straight after the Second World War, before he was manager of Leeds, he was manager of Blackpool, and he is the reason why they wore, or then they still wear, the bright orange... Tangerines. Tangerine kits. Um, somebody had seen um, the Dutch wearing them and thought that looked pretty cool, and he tied it in with the Blackpool illuminations and the whole idea of, like, electricity and modernism and um, it, Blackpool being, like, the go-ahead centre of the future um, with 
lights. Anyway, it's a shithole. And then um, he came to the R manager later on. But filed is very nice, is what we were saying. And okay. that, was the, that was the National League plate. Yes. Um, that they won, which is good. I'm going to win um, it. And they're in the division above, which um, should Filed be pointed out, out yeah. as well. Yeah. Giant killing at every stage in every cup this year, yeah, apart okay. from when it comes to um, Champions League standard op- opposition, which is fine. Which is absolutely. I mean, the level that Arsenal women are at is nuts, isn't it? Um, relative to where the Leeds women are at the minute. So. Um, no shame in that defeat. And, and Arsenal played some league games too, which was basically cheating. They had too much practice. Whereas yeah. I was sort of shocked to look at the table and see that um, they have between two and five games in hand on everyone in the division, which is oh bloody hell, yes, a little bit strange. So they are currently not not played eight, a, not played a league game in three months. Yeah, I was going to say the eighth in a division of twelve um, are on sixteen points. 35 points is the top team, but they've got five games in hand. Five times three is 15, 31. So we'll put them second if they won all the games in hand. Admittedly, Barnsley and Newcastle underneath have got uh, games in hand too, but um, that's maths, Moscow, your special yeah. area. We'll leave that to you. There are uh, there are bonkers rules where cup games take precedence for rearrangement over league games. And then once winter sets in and the picture Tadcaster and other places in this division start getting soggy. So if your cup match needs a replay the league game that is scheduled for the next weekend gets bumped. Right. So a um, cup run is actually detrimental to your league performance. Um, it can be. Mm. And then I think just uh, not having um, a dry pitch is also one of the big problems. I mean, cup- soggy, soggy kind of underplays the state of the Tadcaster pitch gets in when it's sometimes under several feet of water. It's so fl- I think a, so far a, this winter has been okay. On it yeah. is a floodplain. Once, isn't yeah. it? It's just, just a big floodplain. Maybe um, Humphrey Smith would be kind to donate some... Uh, flood defences or maybe that would involve him putting his hand in his pocket and doing something for the town eh? he's a notoriously lovely man isn't he oh, yes yeah, who is he brewery owner oh, okay. Sam Smith's oh okay right um, and if you if you ever go to like a average northern town and you wonder why particularly in Yorkshire um, I'm particularly of uh, the corner of Leeds next to Duncan the Admiral Duncan you know that corner always looks dead tatty opposite the corner exchange why are these there these tatty corners in Yorkshire towns <laughs> Because Humphrey owns them and won't do anything with them. Just keeps them and lets them rot. Sorry so. out, Humphrey. Um, cup runs. Yeah, we've uh, we've got Fulham. That was confirmed after they beat uh, Sunderland at the Stadium at Light 3-2. Jack Clark, heard of him? Mm. Promising upcoming kid. Scored for Sunderland. Um, Joffy didn't play. Cup tied. But anyway, we um, obviously won't be facing Dan James in the Cup. Um, but is this the Dan James shield? But they get, is it worth letting them win so they can keep him? <laughs> Bless him. No, um... <laughs> he you're scored not, the other day, didn't you're he? just not Did having him, are you, Michael? I'm pretty sure. I he think scored. he won a penalty, Moscow. Didn't he score? Oh no, he might have scored actually. You're right. By running from the halfway line with his afterburners on and going around the keeper. I'm sure it was against Hull. No, why would they be playing Hull? It wasn't the cup. <laughs> was it a cup game? Was it against? I don't know. Something popped up, and it was like it was Dan James. Dan James did in something. a Fulham shirt. <laughs> Unless it was a Swansea shirt, and it was an old clip. What year is this? <laughs> 
elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. We've got Man United again this weekend, haven't we? On a, speaking of which, um, Dan James, obviously oh. relevant to Manchester United, and we were discussing him on the other programme. Finish it off. He did score against uh, Hull for Fulham, um, won the ball on the halfway line with a great burst of pace, beat a player to a bouncing ball, and then sprinted away from him to uh, finish into uh, an empty net because I hadn't realised the goalkeeper was up the other end of the pitch. But um, it's a thing that unites scum us Fulham so I feel it's the most relevant thing circle we can of say life. right now it's the circle yeah. of life isn't it mm-hmm. mm. great uh, we've got Man United again as I was saying before the Dan James-less Man United they've not been the same they've had to get another stupid little winger with a shit haircut shall who, who we yeah. about the place? Given, given that we've got, probably got very little to say that's new and original off the back of the match ball should we play a couple of clips then because you've assembled a couple haven't you I, um, just, I just went in to get a couple because it's, it's a weird propaganda thing and if we lose at the weekend listening to clips from the game where we drew we'll seem kind of like oh so what yeah <laughs> this negative attitude if we lose is I it I mean we're not gonna no we're not gonna but um I've just a, a bit of um a bit of a mank for for Moscow to listen to because I know you missed out on the city extra stuff were they gutted about the departure of Consuelo <laughs> uh, do you know they didn't I didn't even cover that but it was the uh, flames in the chat bro it was all that. It's the, the best other place day. for them. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Stretford Paddock then. Fred. Jesus. Fred will drive you to fucking prescription drugs. He will. He'll drive you to prescription drugs and put you back in rehab and on the fucking piss. Then he'll fucking he'll he'll he'll, he'll do he'll play a world there. Mm. Honestly, if he, he played more fucking mis- he made more mistakes today. Oh, my, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. To be fair, he did a few interceptions as well, but he's he's like a rudder. He's fucking useless. Rudder. And you can see the difference when somebody's playing with him, somebody of experience like Casemiro, he's guided. He needs to be guided, like he says, like he says, I carry the piano. I am not the fucking tuner. I don't play the piano. I'll tell you what, mate, you gotta do a lot more. Fucking hell. You might be a fucking roader come the end of the fucking summer in a band. You won't because I tell you what, you keep playing like that. We are so exposed. Interesting analysis. Wait, what was your favourite word there, Moscow? Roll day. It's got a roll day. Rudder. What's what does he mean he's a rudder? It kicks rudders are useful. Like Neil, yeah. Neil Ruddock. Rudders I mean, are absolutely vital. Yeah, it's exactly what you Unless need. Unless you're on going your boat. Jesse Marsh just in a straight line. <laughs> Sailing with Jesse Marsh. Um <laughs> <laughs> Rodor. Yeah, there was a lot. Um, just the whole lifestyle thing. It's clear, if, if anyone's confused, that's not the Andrew Tate who's currently in a, in a prison in Romania. Right. It's the, uh, it's the nice Andrew Tate, I suppose we're going to have to call him. <laughs> yep. Because the order of things seemed quite confused. Prescription drugs, then rehab, then on the piss. I think Abandon you, do, a 
you do the on the piss stuff before rehab, otherwise you're probably not going to get the best out of rehab mm. um, for me. I think he's got a point about Fred. I was watching Fred. He doesn't look like he's, he looks very relaxed. Mm. It seemed like when he wasn't arrived... It, wasn't it our, our all-action midfield, though? Yeah. No, I mean, kind of just his... Um, I'm sure when he arrived, there was like a big thing like, oh, you know, I really want to impress in the Premier League and he, he kept messing it up and it was like, oh, he looked pretty distressed about things. But I, he does seem to have that attitude now of just like, not bothered anymore. Yeah. Like, Come to terms this. with his own mediocrity. It's, well, just the... Um, the <laughs> Do you the, understand the, that principle, Michael? <laughs> the worst thing that can happen to you in the scum midfield is this guy's going to just start shouting about prescription drugs. And <laughs> if you don't pay any attention to them, it's fine. Just get paid and go home. They are, like, the whole team do seem like an absolute bag of pricks. The thing that um, Eric Ten Hag, his, let me find his exact post-match quotes, because they were hilarious. When you think... Um, can you deliver them in a Dutch accent, please? No, obviously not, um, because he manages... Michael, can you? Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> he manages scum. So. Smoking a pancake? I was thinking about Steve McLaren earlier, because yeah. uh, he was a 20, the same as Arnie. Yeah. Wasn't he? And they think it is, it is Arsenal. Yeah. So, Steve once famously said. So you filled that wells in time for me to say, right, so here's Eric Ten Hag, what he said um, about uh, the match. It was a troll for when we start each half, we're not ready. I started my talk in half time with, hey, come on, guys, we're not ready. Make sure we'll go for the second half, we're ready. Maybe equalise and then you'll win the game. But then in second half, it's the same and you concede so quickly a goal because the <laughs> opponent's on front foot, aggressive, aren't winning challenges. That's the part. I'm disappointed that we lose the battle for the first minute. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, he's, really, he's really settled in that you can what, hear the Dutch accent bleeding through to Mank. What's yeah. he taking? His teeth are just having grinding together. <laughs> but I love that. I mean, we worry about what... Um, he's out with Burning Man with, with Marcelo Gallardo. <laughs> We, his chops. <laughs> we worry what Jesse Marsh's team talks must have been like and, you know, scooped with his bit of paper with what he had written down on it. And then you realise Eric Ten Hag is telling people, telling people, he wants people to know that his uh, team talk was, come on, guys, we're not ready. Make sure that we're ready. And then maybe it was. And then you'll win game. Do you know what, uh, what, what is he even saying? But what's great, the, so one, his team talk is rubbish. But then he's got a, a dressing room of Bruno Fernandez, Fred, um, the kid with the bowl cut, the ailing bust, going no. We'll just go out in the second half and do exactly what the same we did in the first half, which is exactly the opposite of what you just told us to do, because we are pricks. I've been thinking about um Jesse Marsh mugs, by the way. We should have done some Jesse Marsh. You remember those old um like teacups that your nan used to have that were glass? You know the ones I mean? Oh yeah. yeah. Like old people's teacups. Um we should have done a load of those for Jesse Marsh. See through. Do you know why? But yeah, yeah. Say it. Because you can see right through it. But no. What What do they give you? If you look at them, they give you clarity. Thank you. Oh, I thought, you, I thought it was about his tactics. Thing. That as well. Uh, should we do the next clip then? Well, in midfield. Right. What are we going to do? Same again. Yeah. Put stick yeah. rocker in there. Yeah, maybe kick the shit out of them. Get more. Get more people into kick. I, I want to see Bruno Fernandez really upset because this hopefully shouldn't get the same Homer referee. Well, I hope we get home a referee for a start on Sunday. Fernandez was saying after the game, wasn't he? He's like, I know they've got their atmosphere, but their goalkeepers are town waste off. Yeah. Uh, then the, they have been saying their clips doing the rounds this morning, I think, or, or certainly screen grabs of him saying, I'm not afraid of Alan Rold. Well, if we, as we're addressing the filthy, filthy scum bastards and sticking with Stretford Paddock, do you want this is a clip of the 
of them booting Bamford in the face. And I think it's good because they're annoyed the at Bamford. Face. And I think it means Bamford's back. Because right. remember the first year we were in the Premier League, every clip we listened to, people fucking hated Bamford. And then, you know, last year, faded into nothing, didn't he? Yeah. So but, we need we need Bamford bastard, basically. Now they're annoyed. Even the, They're annoyed at him getting kicked in the face. Oh. It's, not no, it's, anyway. it's nothing. Oh, oh, it's literally God. nothing. It's a hip to hip contact. Oh, it's, it's it's that, 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 no, that's <laughs> not what's hurting though, is it? He was already planning on going down before that. If you both go for the ball, Martin, then, Martinez knows what he's doing there. Though. He does, but that's hip to hip. That <laughs> cheek to he's cheek. Dickhead Bamford. <laughs> Marti- Martinez has hundred percent done that bit at the end on purpose. Like they realised then that they saw the replay, and then the second replay is like, oh yeah, he's dragged his studs across his face. Bamford did make make a meal out of it. But, yeah, you, but well, in, in football, to get anything, particularly on that ground, you've got to make a meal out of it, haven't you? What are you doing, Moscow? You're dragging some studs across your face. <laughs> <laughs> so just you see, the, you see, I've maintained, I've maintained my uh, my posture for the for the benefit of the audio listener. Moscow has just removed a boot from his foot and then dragged it across Michael's cheek. I'd rather it wasn't covered in dog shit, but that's, <laughs> that's 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 that well. you didn't go down either. Did clutching your face or your head? Yep. So well done. I'm proud. I'm proud of you. The test didn't work as I would have thought. I would, if I was Bamford and somebody started sticking studs in my face, I would be like, I would probably protest. Mm-hmm. And Bamford protests about everything he always does, so it's, it wasn't surprising. But um, I'm glad that somebody there at least did acknowledge at the end, they're like, oh, yeah, that's does work. And on the, uh, uh, it was Leon Osman doing the co-coms, and, you know, he listened to a professional when he watched the replays. He was like, yeah, he's, he's done that deliberately. He, kn- he knows exactly. There was no question doing, about yeah. it. He's just like, yep, I know what I'm looking at there. He's not that kind of a lad. That's what the, he needs one of those that the manager would say afterwards, but he is absolutely that kind of a lad, isn't he? Yeah. As, Man, as Man United fans would themselves play, acknowledge. Playing over there, isn't he? I mean, you, know, you, you know your own players, though, don't you? It's like when Ailing does his thing and everyone goes, way! Yeah. Uh, or when Click was doing his little wind-ups and stuff, you know. You, you come to, you to recognise these things. I, I'm going to make a prediction now that either Weston McKenney or Tyler Adams will boot him mm. hard at some point on, in, in Sunday's game. Well, given Bamford's not been playing... Full full games as he because I think his fitness maybe isn't quite there. Just let Bamford do it before it goes off. Mm. Yeah, just take the yellow and then yeah, just get him a little break down his Achilles or something. Just for a, <laughs> some, something that looks quite minor but it's really yeah. sore. Yeah, yeah. McKenney was saying that because uh, he did ask who would be playing in midfield um, that he's got some battle scars. So I don't know if he's emerged um, injured from the match because obviously he's already done a podcast because this is this is the way of it with American. Uh, footballers but you know it's nice to hear from them saying, like, I don't uh, begrudge it but um, saying that he's loving the Premier League and there's loads of trash talk and it's just what he dreamed of and um, the battle scars that you get from it and he's like yeah unfortunately I've got one where we go we'll find it now is it from the teeth um, of Bruno Fernandes uh, he told Stadium Astro he said I feel all fresh and raring to go uh, no I'm joking this is the Premier League it's everything I wanted the banter the hard tackles the talking back with other players and the arguments with the refs. It's something that attracts uh, me to it, draws me to it, and obviously after every game, players walk away with battle scars, and unfortunately, I walked away with one today, but it was a good experience. So I don't know what, I don't remember him being scarred. Maybe it was, he's a, there maybe it was a mental scar. Could be. Well, he sounds like he, I mean, he loved it. Straight in for the banter. He's going to be, he's going to be fit no matter what. He's going to demand to play on Sunday and good on him. It's going to be, I yeah, think. He, he was an impressive debut. But you think like, with the draw on Wednesday, was it? Who knows? Yes, I think so. With the draw on Wednesday, it's taken a lot of the heat out of Sunday and it will give people a lot of encouragement. And I think it'll make the atmosphere rather than it being tense and everybody singing sack the board. 
Um, it'll make it good. It'll be a good atmosphere. People will get right behind the lads. It, I feel, you know, like when we saw Everton kind of galvanised towards the end of last season, in spite of their manager, I think we could see a similar effect, I think, between now and the end of the season of the basis of what we saw. When we employ Frank Lampard. No. In the same way. On the, same on way the, on the basis of what we saw on Wednesday, which was that this is a team capable of so much more than it's been delivering. Yeah. It's hard to know. It's, it's weird what went on on Wednesday because it did appear that all that changed was Marsh had left and that maybe was enough to make people happier. Yeah. It's a weird, I suppose it's like a... Removing the stress, Michael. Removing the stress, he didn't realise. He was the source of it all. But it's, it's almost like a placebo effect because there was very little time to actually change anything. But just maybe having the players know that that was not happening anymore and that they didn't have, you know, Marsh peppering them with go down the middle instructions. They were just able to go, oh, right, fine. Just do what you know works, lads. Yeah. I did watch, um, I watched 45 minutes of Michael Scabala teaching futsal um, <laughs> in the run-up to the game. That is dedication. Um, he was doing a session to educate, to teach coaches how to coach. And so he was doing a live session with some young uh, futsal players, I think like 18-year-olds. And um, it seemed pretty good, like, I don't know what football coaching is like, so I'm a complete... Speak to Michael. I'm a complete layperson in all this, but it seemed um, clear and he was... Um, the way he was talking to the players seemed good and all of those things... And I felt like I was learning some stuff and it was about pressing. It was about knowing when to press and making the decisions and how to decide and what to look for and then the body shape to have and all those kind of things. But they lived in a very... Weird way. And I did then, I was comparing to so the long webinar that we've referred to before with uh, Jesse Marsh and him, when he's talking about pressing on that, his version of it is because the RB version is to build a net and to build that net around the ball and the players, players have to be, and I, I looked it up again, it's, some, it's you've got to be half the distance from the ball as the pass that's about to be played. And so, and then the next person's got to how be do, like. How do you know the pass with, that's about to be played? It's, it, it's basically so you so you arrive at the play at the moment that he gets it. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. So yes, yeah, so you've got to predict where the pass is going to be played to, and you've got to be half the distance between of those two players who are about to pass to each other. You've got to be half that distance away from the player who you think is about to receive the ball, and everybody's got to be doing that. And he was asked that on the way was that how do, like how do the players judge those distances? And his answer was basically along the lines of like they just get the hang of it. And it seemed very, and so those two, the two things I could find to sort of do a comparison of, um, one person seemed to be uh, introducing a very clear process of how you make the decisions of when to press in futsal. One person, like immediately you listen to the instructions and you're like, yeah, what? And then even the coaches on the webinar who were all experienced coaches learning from Jesse Marshall, like, so but the, how do they do this? So there's these level of, levels of complication and then, but what's happened this week with Skabala is, as you said, 20 minutes of shape, very minimal stuff. And I think using what they've learned from Marsh, because for all the criticism we're giving him, he will have taught them some things, some good, some bad. And um, Bielsa will have taught them some things. So you don't really need to teach any of those players how to press. So basically, here's his structure. We were 4 2 3 one with ball, 4 3 3 without it. And then pressing... You know what you're doing. Do that, and it was kind of keeping it very simple. Of like, here are the basic things you need to do in this game, but go and play really well. And that instruction, that part of it, seemed to be just go out and play well. Um, and bearing in mind, it's scum, so we're probably going to everybody expects you to lose. So some of the pressure's off, and we just got to get through this game. But let's try and go out there, give it a go. And this wise instructions that were highlighted on the the photograph, where it was like um, it was transition something and um, something about the middle. Was it close the middle? 
and then um, keep calm and believe. Mm-hmm. Like, this, like everyone's like, oh, that's what Jesse Marsh used to say. But that, that's the good things that Jesse Marsh would say. But then, why was Jesse Marsh not able to make them calm? Why could he not make them believe for eleven months when he's at They're the end? They're scared of it? as he was dancing up and down the touchline. And he was saying, yeah. nine months into the job at that point, he and he still had the players who were scared. But somehow, Scabal had the ability to make them believe and make them play as if they believed and make them play with confidence and. Um, you know, he's well, not. We should uh, say as well, you know, one match does not a season make. So, well, we'll he's we'll absolutely that's the thing. He's absolutely not a long term option. But, um, and I think what I love about him at the moment is absolutely fulfilling the brief of a caretaker manager. Hmm. But we'll, I'll say it again when we nominate him for hero. <laughs> what, uh, what about if we have a new manager in place by Sunday? It looks like it's going to be after the weekend. Um, I guess we'll deal with all that, with all that on the Phil Hayes show, but might not be fair. Brad Rizani did DM, um, Conor McGilligan, the YouTuber, to say it's going to be after the weekend. Yes. So, um, if it's before the weekend, that's the second strike after it will be done on <laughs> Tuesday nights. So, um, I mean, Phil Hay says it's done anyway. He's just not telling anyone. Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, wouldn't be fair though, would it, Michael? Uh, and we say thanks to Josh Cawthon as well for um, pointing us in the direction of this one. It did the rounds on the on the socials uh, before they fell over over the weekend. Um, having a new manager, not the done thing, is it, in football? No, this is from the United stand, which is the um, Goldbridge vessel, should we call it? Organ. Organ. That's the one, but it's not. This isn't him. This is um, this is a non-gold. Bridge. This is this is another um, more elderly, I'm confused man. <laughs> when you've got a manager who's got you fired up and got you organised and sends you out there, you can't stop them from playing like they played. <laughs> the same when we played Aston Villa when they had a new manager, and the same problem that Arsenal had when they played Everton. That it, I almost feel like saying there should be a rule in the Premier League that you can't change your manager during the season. <laughs> I'm deadly serious. I'm, I'm, look, yeah, when I say I'm serious, it's only a little bit tongue-in-cheek. But the reason it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek is I agree it's fantastic for the team that have got the new manager, but it's slightly unfair on the team who they play against who, who are competing with other teams. Not, not competing with them, but with other teams. If you take Arsenal, for example, got beat by Everton on Saturday. If they hadn't sacked Frank Lampard last week, they, I, I doubt very much that that would have happened. Now, if they lose the league by a point or two to City at the end, they could easily point, well, we wouldn't have lost it if we wouldn't have played against Everton with a new manager on the day that we played them. We've now played Aston Villa away, and surely coincidentally, by the way, and this is something that gets said in football, there are good games to miss. After we lost at Aston Villa... And Casemiro didn't play. People said to me we would have won. And I said, no, we wouldn't. He can't affect how they play. Aston Villa came out like absolutely wild horses on that day. And so did Leeds today in the first half. The new manager gets them fired up. The new manager really wants to show what he can do. And it, it rubs off on players. And this is what happened to Aston Villa. It's happened to us. And it's also happened to Arsenal on Saturday at Goodison Park. Right. Here's a list of things that have negatively affected my football team and I don't want them to happen. Right? Is that what we're saying? I, I, I feel like Casemiro would probably we, listen to that and be going, I, I fucking can affect games. Well, yeah, you were saying, was it in that clip as well where he says that if you were, you could have Messi, but if the other team have got another, a new manager, mm. you don't have a hope. And it's like as if that is the only, it's, he's regarding it as an absolute that just, if there is, I mean, we haven't got a new manager, but if there is a, new, a different manager, they went, oh, well, they went. And, you know, we'll clean up the bookies every time that happens. Every time a manager, you just got to keep an eye on managerial changes. Bet on them. You saw um, Duncan Ferguson going in, a, going in at Forest mm-hmm. Green Rovers. Haven't won for a long, long time. And then first match, sure enough, 
they come out probably like wild horses um, because they've got the, the free from the risk of being turned into burgers. And then they go a goal up and the new manager effects, who's absolutely right. The fact that Forest Green Rovers then conceded two in injury time and lost, even like that's irrelevant. Even Casemiro, I think if you look at the uh, the referee's report, he tipexed out the news of those goals and put it in as a Forest Green Rovers win. And that was just an, an anomaly. But, um, <laughs> well, well executed. That guy an, an, an anomaly. sounds like an absolute um, maniac. I mean, if you're going to say you can't change manager, are you saying no subs, no, no. transfers, well, no yeah. change of formation? We need to cancel the January transfer window. I felt this about the uh, the argument about VAR and the FA Cup. Some people are saying that some grounds have it, some don't. It's unfair. And I don't think it's unfair. I think it's fair because it's the rules of the competition. Rules of the competition in the FA Cup are that you can be drawn at a ground that doesn't have VAR, so you won't be able to use it. And that, so that's the rule. So the rules, that rule of the competition is the same rule for everybody. Just as in the Premier League, the same rule for everybody is every ground has it. That's the rule, so the rule is fair. So you know that when the, the ball's coming out, you could get one or the other and you sign up for that. And it's the same. You The rules of the competition are that a team might have a new manager or they might sign a new player or you know one of their players might be injured and out of the team and make them worse. Those are the rules of the competition. Those are the same for everybody. So saying like, oh no, things are not fair that they got. Not, not fair. Nothing's allowed to change in football. Well, yeah, that's yeah. why you got you got to do the same thing. You know, if um, all year forever, Stuart Dallas broke broken his leg at the end of last Send season. Him out there. Next game, he still has to just be on the pitch, <laughs> even if all he can do is lie on the grass crying. <laughs> maybe maybe death is the only way out for a manager. Everyone has to appoint one and wait until they wait for up, them to die. Prop him up in the dugout like. Uh, <laughs> You know. Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's. It'd be interesting to see what the, the look of the Premier League, actually, if you did that rule. Every every manager, every team still has to have their oldest surviving manager in charge. <laughs> see, who, see who you end up with. Well, no, because it's going to be better because they could have Alex Ferguson back. Is there no one before him? Who was before? They're probably, they're, 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 yeah, Ron, Ron, Ron Atkinson's Atkinson still alive, isn't he? It'd be great. Let's do it. Big Ron. I might, I might, look, I might look into this. I might, see, I might do a... A fantasy Premier League based on no one ever changing managers. There you go. That's that's the extra ball side for next week. And Roy Hodgson probably at Palace. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. Um, well, there you go. Well, he'd have to manage loads of clubs. <laughs> oh, it's it's where you're taking well, it from. Yeah. That's the uh, that's Liverpool. The... <laughs> Replace Klopp. Get Roy Hodgson back. Oh, Klopp would welcome it at the moment. Kenny Dalglish should be back at Liverpool before that, wouldn't he? Oh, there's so he, many. He's the forerunner there. We'll, we'll have to. We'll go away and work on this. It's Who's too... older, him or Graham Sunes? Dalglish was there before. We're going chronological. Oh, okay. This is this is a discussion for a separate propaganda day. extra next week. I might look into this. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good idea. Look at some of the interesting matchups we're going to get. Um, I think that's pretty much it for the in terms of the preview. Um, finally, are you looking forward to this one? I was going to say I'm looking forward to going to Ellen Road again for the first time in a while because it feels like something of a of a shroud of stress. You might say has been has been lifted, and I'm looking forward to seeing what we get. Yeah, it's been a bit of a weird atmosphere this year. This at this point last year. Ellen Road was as the atmosphere was as good as it ever has been. I think, even though we were sort of sliding towards a relegation battle, people were still really into it. And yeah. then I don't know this season. Chelsea was good, obviously, but since then it's just it's not got going, has it? It's never really turned either. No, that it hasn't, was... that's, that's the weird thing. It's just been it's just been quiet because yeah. I think everyone's not wanted to get completely on Jesse and the players' backs. Mm. But equally, you can't ignore what's in front of you, and I mean, it's been shit. That's it. There's that perception. And Marsh fed off it at the start, like the 4 0 when he was fist bumping after Manchester City. He was doing that because the atmosphere was so good and he was energised by the fact that, wow, these fans are taking a 4 0 defeat really well. So I'm going to, you know, encourage them to do that. That's what he was trying to do. And so you kind of, he just looked like an idiot doing it because he didn't think. 
But um, <laughs> but he's there's a lot of um, criticism now where there's pundits in America going like nobody in Leeds ever gave him a chance. No, like they hated him, they chased him out of there, and it didn't happen. Obviously, lots no, of people are really horrible didn't. about him on Twitter, but everybody's horrible about everybody on Twitter. And then on places like this, we're picking him apart um, and trying to find everything right or wrong because that's what um, people do on podcasts. Hopefully, with a little bit more of a grounding in reality than the guy who thinks that we should have um, dead people in the dugout. Um, but in the ground and around the place, although Marsh said in that uh, seminar that he was starting to get a bit agoraphobic, like he wasn't really going out in Leeds anymore, but I think he was, I, I think he would have, people would still have gone up to him and said like, come on, Jesse, hope you get out of this. That's the thing. If you ever met him in the street, be like, come on, Jesse, hope you can sort this out. Yeah. Nobody's going up and like booting him in the face or anything like, just if he was Pat Bamford and it's a scum game. Um, so there was, we've never really turned. I don't know, maybe we're out of practice because Chilino used to sack them before we had the chance. Well, the confusing Thomas thing, Christensen was too nice. The confusing thing, Moscow, was that there were good signs as well in certain aspects of it. Like we saw with the, the good aspects of the pressing, when the pressing works, it works really, really well. You just got to be a bit careful not to get caught out with, you know, three men chasing around the ball and they beat the press. Mm. It's high risk, isn't it? It's a high risk press. So there were certain bits of it, like, you know, the Chelsea game, the Arsenal game, some really good performances in yeah. there, but it was just the overall picture didn't quite work, did it? But people wanted it to. Yeah, but the atmosphere now, I think Scoobs, and with credit to Chris Armas, who I don't really rate him because I think he's just a copy of Marsh, but I think that's probably a useful thing to have at the moment is somebody who could just Deliver continue... The, bl- the blueprint. Yeah. ...continue that and uh, and Glado as well. So the three of them are, are doing it together, but what they managed to pull off at Old Trafford was like a, a mood lifter, so that we're not going into the weekend having been battered by a team once and then feeling like we're going to be battered by them again straight away. It's like, no, we stood up to them there. We can stand up to them again. Um, so what we're deducing from that is home win, home win, home win. Yep. Yeah. Do you want the bad news? No. Um, I think we're going to have to have um, Jimmy Adamson back in charge. Right. Just had a look at the list and um, I've not I've not comprehensively gone through it, but he's definitely, he's in his 80s, he's definitely older than, uh, than Eddie and Alan Clark. Adamson out. Adamson um, out. <laughs> I'm not so, sure Jimmy Adamson is alive, you know. Well, his Wikipedia hasn't been updated then, in that case. Oh, no, he's not. Tell you what, let's cancel that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Erase that. He's long dead. Remember writing his victory. So let's that, say is then, none of that going in? No. No, let's say... He's been dead for right, seven so years. Start, start, start a bit again. That's right. He's, he's so been you, dead for 12 years. Your way in was... The, do you want the bad news? Yeah. No, I'll say. Yeah. Do you want to know who the new manager's going to be? Go, I'll go on then. Alan Clark. Ah, uh, yeah. I think. I've not, I've not checked the list... He was there before Eddie Gray. Yeah, he is um, 76. Eddie Gray, 75. So, yeah, I think um, I think we're going to have Alan Clark in charge. Well, Someone did, should uh, tell him. He did tighten up the defence at uh, Leeds. Also got us relegated because mm-hmm. um, we couldn't score, but um, worth a go, in it? Peter Barnes up front, lovely stuff. Only, yeah, some million. Um, not quite a million, but blew the whole budget on Barnes. Here in Yorkshire, we don't like waste. So with energy consumption front of mind these days, there's a lot of focus on conserving it and minimising waste. Boxed have loads of great advice on their website about how to use your heating system as efficiently as possible to help keep your energy bills down should you leave your heating on all the time or switch it on and off as needed. Boxed will help you answer that question and plenty more and save you plenty of cash in the long run too. You could save up to £1,150 a year by upgrading to a new, more efficient boiler and using a Google Nest learning thermostat. Boxed, take away the hassle of upgrading your boiler to a brand new A-rated one. The process starts on the website, couldn't be easier. Installation is carried out by an expert qualified installer and is included in the price. 0% finance is available, subject to status. Boxed will give you a fixed, fair price in just 90 seconds 
And as a listener to this show, you can save an additional £50 on your online quote by using the code TSB50. So just head to boxed.co.uk, that's B-O-X-T.co.uk, and use that code TSB50 to upgrade your boiler and save money now. Dan Michael and Moscow here for part three. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. 10% discount on your legal fees, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Appointments from across the country, they can help you no matter where you are in the UK as well. Um, details on the website. And be- oh, what are your favourite services? Just give me a few just off the top of your head. Will's, uh, Will's probate conveyancing. Yeah, yeah. Will's probate conveyancing. The, the appointments. The, main ones. the appointments. Can they help with managerial appointments? Maybe so. Those, maybe so. Part three of the show is where we do Heroes and Villains. So we'll do that now, shall we? Um, first of all, Villain of the Week, the Ken Bates Villain of the Week Awards. Uh, we like to go through the candidates from a Leeds point of view, from an opposition point of view, third parties as well. Um, who have we got in the Leeds corner? Well, is he in the Leeds corner? Not anymore. Jesse Marsh. Jesse Marsh is a few people. Have, uh, have nominated him and I had a look actually because now he's obviously he's ended his tenure um, his average rating he ended up with a 5 so this is our TSB Plus members send us the ratings after every game so it's it's quite a large sample size isn't it it's not like Graham mm-hmm. Smith in the YEP who just plucks a number out of the air and shoves it on the website <laughs> no there's some science to this yeah this is, a, this is proper numbers there's an attempt yeah. to be uh, to come up with something interesting so just a fraction over 5 out of 10 for his overall score which sounds I thought well that's actually not too bad that's middle of the road 5 out of 10 fine whatever Probably it's not a complete fail on a test, is it? It's like a D or something, probably. Yeah. And then, but then I, I did look at the complete list, and there's only Diego Llorente with 4.89, right. who's lower. It's so. a kind of a. It's kind of a. We're not angry. We're just disappointed. So it ain't great. Yeah. It ain't great. It was inflated, if we can use that phrase, by the Chelsea game when he got 9.5 one out of 10 for the Chelsea performance because we were young and naive, <laughs> and. Uh, interesting that Michael Scubala has, uh, with his company, immediately came in second. Eight point seven one is the second best <laughs> managerial performance of the season. I mean, playing playing the man here and not the ball. Chris Armas gets a mention. Uh, Jake in Florida saying that uh, Armas and his AirPods looking like a delinquent teenager. He didn't do anything wrong, but I still don't like him for that. The AirPods thing. I was trying to figure this out. It's one AirPod, isn't it? Well, he got a lot of heat because he was at Old Trafford last season working for his mate Ralph, um, not West End Ralph because he would have better taste in friends. Um, but he was working there. Oh, I've said that about our own uh, coach, haven't I? Well, he's a scum connection anyway. He'll be gone soon. Um, <laughs> but all the scum fans... Acc- and so accidental insults. Ralph, can, Ralph uh, no, not Ralph. Ralph, Weston Ralph is our friend. Ralph Rangnick is not. Chris Armas, we're a bit unsure about, because he's only been here two weeks. Nobody really has met him yet. But so when he worked there, he was wearing AirPods for, I think, Ralph Rangnick had some guy, possibly in Russia, who was watching a stream. I might have invented that pipe, certainly outside of the UK, who was watching a stream of the game. Telling himself that happened five minutes ago. <laughs> and, and feeding advice. And one of the things was, so uh, um, Armas had to sit there with the AirPods in listening to this. And lots of coaches have headphones. They just don't have AirPods. And because Scum fans hate just generally stuff, uh, particularly if it holds their club back from its rightful place um, in a European Super League so we don't have to worry about them anymore. They all hate them. What are you fucking listening to his fucking AirPods for? So Leeds, I don't think Leeds have anybody in, um, I certainly hope we don't have anybody in Russia at the moment watching the games um, in gainful employment because there would probably be sanctions preventing that. But I don't know if we've really got the same kind of... (laughs) 
feed going on that this is uh, a very comprehensive story moscow i'm that, enjoying it that is necessary so i was wondering whether armas just went i got so much shit about wearing these airpods last year i'm gonna wear them again and yeah. just riled them all up walking down the touchline in his leeds united tracksuit with his leeds united maybe because you can get um leeds united branded they're not obviously apple airpods it's, you, a, it's a case for them isn't it i think you can get the actual you can get actual headphones um, they look pretty cheap because I looked at the. Uh, this was. Should we nominate the um, <laughs> the Leeds United Club Shops Valentine's Day um, gifts as uh, they sent to subscribers gifts for her? Um, I was fascinated by this. This is what I'm getting for my wife. I know what you're going to say, and I'm getting yeah. these for my wife. So they went through, and you can get some ladies' fit um, shirts, and you can get some cuddly bears. That's not what I'm things. interested. I'm not interested in any of that. You can get an LUFC smartwatch, and then you can get a 35 gram bag of original steak strips in a there you go. um the bag is shaped like a Leeds United shirt. That's what she's getting. It's what everybody wants I remember for Valentine's years Day. back it was a I can't remember probably an ex girlfriend now. I remember when I got to the Ainsley Harriet couscous from the club shop. Probably. That was, what, that do was mean, a, what do you mean probably an ex girlfriend? No, you're not sure of her status. <laughs> well I mean I'm trying to, I was trying to think is. of the she year. Might, <laughs> I might still be stringing her along. <laughs> It's been 15 years and he's still not texting me back. <laughs> well, when you get a gift like that. What, what was the gift? Sorry, I was The Ainsley Harriet Couscous. That oh, the, did you get some from the shop? That the club shop sold. Yeah, that was a, was a Ken Bates sort of sponsorship special, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. The, club went to, the club went to visit a factory and then the next week... We had, we had a load, a job that, that was couscous. For, that was yeah. for sale in there. Very strange. It's not, it's not, we, it's not your couscous, it's not couscous. It is couscous, couscous, but I'm calling it couscous. Uh... Where are we now then? So yeah, so villain nominations uh, elsewhere in the Leeds corner. LUFC light headphones. I can't. I can't see the price. They do exist. So maybe that's what he was wearing. Um, I hope he was because if like just to you know Leeds 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 it up. Erlen Scarvang, good nomination, good solid nomination. We'll pick him up on this actually. Phil Hay, when we do the show after this, mm. referred to Scum as United in a tweet during the match. I noticed that at the time, but got so caught up in the game itself that I I let that one slide. But we will we'll reprimand him this afternoon. Give him a shoe in. Yeah, it's only fair in, the, the show. Uh, in the TSP Plus daily email that gets sent to members as long as they confirm their email addresses. <laughs> the, um, there's a lot of people who haven't, and I, I don't know how to contact them because of GDPR regulation. Um, <laughs> check your spam folders. He, I do a roundup of, or Rob does a roundup if, you want, if it's being done well, of what the national press have been saying. And I discounted any report that referred to the game being played between Leeds and United. And the only survivor um, from beyond the local news was Henry Winter, who uh, very accurately referred to the two teams as Leeds United or Leeds yep. or Manchester United. Yep. To differentiate Spot, them. Yes. Mm. There was no um, Leeds then stopped United's winger because that would have been stopping our own winger. And we don't have wingers. No. <laughs> uh, Michael, you've got a nomination, by the way. Martin, yeah. Martin is disgusted with you. It's probably uh, fair enough. Martin, in some ways. Martin was high on seeing a very positive performance, only to be dragged down by Michael's depressing analysis on the match ball. I expected a more upbeat and positive response from I went, Michael. I went, <laughs> <laughs> you've been watching the wrong show, haven't you? Uh, I went to bed in the same mood as when we lost five-one. Yeah, you scumbag. Well, uh, the thing is, we were so close, weren't we? We d- winning at Old Trafford is not in the league. Is not something that's happened in my life. And, fe- I'm, and I'm not exactly a young like, man. Did it feel like two points lost to you? Is that what it? Well, it just was so close, wasn't it? To yeah. you know something I've not seen before. It was from, there. It was just there. From but never mind. A big moment of glory to just having to be. We kind of had to put it in the record box with like uh, first time we'd led there by two since 1974 mm. when we won. So you, you're putting it down as an achievement rather than uh, something we can actually. Um, 
used to lord over them. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't exactly like when we were a few goals up against Cardiff and then and then came back. It was it obviously had a decent amount of pride attached to it still, and a draw was obviously a great result, but it was so close. They're just good. That's the problem. Even though they're horrible bastards, like that Rashford header, mm. oh, it's really good. Well, he's he's been nominated as well um, for for being a bit good and scoring. So, like as Nathan said, to echo my comments on the match ball. Just stick to dishing out school dinners and stuff. Don't yeah. do, don't do football. There's no need for it. Be a nice guy, not a bad football. Well, a good footballer. Nate, I loved the way James H phrased it. Where he nominated Rashford, just said, "Keep scoring and being generally good." And that is an adequate nomination. Yeah. yeah. So now, it, when he was doing all the feeding kids, he wasn't in good form, was he? And do you think he's now stopped that? Yeah. Some sort of pact with the devil. Yeah. I, I I've heard he's he's taking food away from children. I heard so too. In order to get his form back. Yep. Yep. Mm. He set up a fake PPE company as well. I heard. <laughs> Spread any other rumours about him? What else has he done? I think we should say very clearly for Mr. Rashford's lawyers that you should contact Levi's solicitors first and foremost. Don't think they do um, defamation cases. If he, if do he does, if he does feed kids, it's only because he's um, putting puppies in a, um, a mincer. <laughs> Which is very, very clearly for the record. That was that was Michael's attempt. So, at it's, a, it's a daft claim, isn't it? Yeah, because it's, it, it's not true, is it? No, absolutely not. Um, Garnacho, Fernandez, Martinez join Rashford as well as the scum fans um, in that corner of things. Yeah, I mean, Garnacho gets a bit of hate for his hair as well. Um, dickhead hair. I mean, I remember I said when Rafinha signed, he had dickhead hair, but it was a good thing mm. because it meant he had a bit of the sauce about him. Yeah. But he's got dickhead hair, but not in a good way. An off-brand Beetle, he's described as mm. by um, misbehaving when bathing. When bathing um, and a stupid Forrest Gump face as well. He did, a, he did an Instagram post kind of saying he'd had a bad night, but he was on uh, kind of... Did they put it in God's hands, didn't they, afterwards? Well, he said that uh, he is controlled by God, which was a funny way of saying Luke Ayling, A, which um, is basically the sum total of Rob's blog post about it on the website, but still read it. <laughs> I think for me, I mean, there's a lot to hate about Fernandez, but he's you know he's, he's down by weight of nominations here. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's for me, it's Garnacho is my leading candidate. T- talk me out of it, otherwise. Um, well, uh, Martinez did attempt to... Uh, rearranged Bamford's face with his feet. A single crime, though, whereas Garnacho was a multiple offender. Mm. Most mm. God did that. Mm. God kept pushing him over. Right? Are we saying this is yeah? Those, th- the, yeah, those, those things you see where people are doing all that in front of the uh, in front of the altar, Des- and then they, 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 they Descri- fall, describe they, it because they you... fall backwards. They're sort of shaking the hand, and then right. the, then the, the oh, yeah. preacher kind of goes, ah, the power pushes, of his, pushes his hand, yeah. and people oh, yeah. fall back and go, ah, yeah. There was some of that going on with Garnacho, I think. Yeah, the the Lord's moving in mysterious ways. Let's give it him. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I am happy in a week when... Um, Pick on a child. Also, I mean, it's, it would be traditional in the week when your... Which is what Rashford does. Uh, ...manager has been sacked and the people who hired him are flapping around, unable to source a replacement despite their constant tweets that uh, it's all in hand. Let's nominate some spotty teenager with a shit haircut from Scum <laughs> because, frankly, I think that's correct. I think that is the right order of mm. things because... Uh, for all the failings of um, Marsh and Co, they uh, are or have been until relatively recently leads. And that involvement will mean I will always have kind of more um, sympathy for the course of the rest of Jesse Marsh's life than I will ever have for this Garnacho character, unless he turns into uh, Gordon Strachan and we sign him. The um, As we move on to the uh, Gitana Brada Hero of the Week, uh, talking of heroes and so on, Player of the Year is um, is being scored as we mentioned before. They're not the uh, willing onto of the year. As yeah, it's, as it's not quite quickly. Become. Not many high scores in here. Uh, Jesse Marsh got a, a season low of 0.83 out of ten from the Forest mm. game. This is yes. this was Forest game. Yeah, we should say. 
Yeah, we didn't bother him up for what? What did you rate him in Old Trafford? <laughs> Poor Pascal was sub three. <sighs> I mean, pa- Pascal, in fairness, he, he got two point nine six, which, given his performance, was actually fairly generous. I think if Urente had put this one in, he'd have been getting a more of like a, a one point two. I think. Yeah, so, only, only sort of Verba got above six, and then yeah, Wilf got a fact, man of the match for us. Just for comparison purposes, so that was Forrest Pascal's drug got to two point nine six. And at Old Trafford, where he went off the pitch unconscious, <laughs> he got 6.05. That was Rashford as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Hates well, hates young Dutch pirates. He should have been there. So we got more than double the score for uh, playing 15 minutes and getting um, knocked out. Well, um, Bless, he's, had, he's had a tough few weeks, hasn't he? Old Scoob Pascal. and the gang. Scoob and the gang scored very high in the scum game. 8.74 out of 10. Absolutely the same score as Wolf Nonto. And Scoob's was, um, in in terms of the individual nominations Scoobs was uh, was leading the way actually obviously right. a lot for Nonto but yeah a lot of love for, for Scoobs I feel like we in our in our endorsement of him and, and calling him Scoobs over and over again I think maybe we've we've created momentum behind him good what I'm, I'm, what I'm yeah. saying. so we're, we are responsible for his success I, I think so yeah we're really we're and really big deal unless up. he fails on Sunday in which case we take it all back I yeah. think he can fail from this point can he? do, do he you got not remember the... John Carver <laughs> well no he can but I don't think he'll do a John like I think Sunday should be his last game mm. and then you just go well he did the great thing at Old Trafford and then um, and then he had another goal and then it was done Is there a danger that he does well again on Sunday and we're struggling to appoint a manager and then we give it to him and then it turns out he's not I don't think it. I don't think that'll happen No I don't Just I doesn't I don't think he'll It'd be very old leads Doesn't pass the sniff test I don't think he'd do it Yeah I don't know I think no, he's been keeping you can't turn it down. You're in a Hockaday position, no, aren't you, where you, you have to just take need, it. No, but Hockaday need, was an idiot. That's true. And Scoops I think he's, some sense. he's self-aware and he knows yeah. that you're basically exposing yourself to an awful amount of shit if this goes wrong. He's had a couple of opportunities in that first press conference to really bite and really make a name for himself with some of the questions because he was being asked about. I liked his re- reply. There was a person who was saying, um, when we last at Old Trafford, he was like, oh, I went to win. And it was great. I got a lot of that. his personality from this was like, it was the FA Youth Cup final that he went to watch Manchester United versus Nottingham Forest. Good game. And the person was like, that would be a bit of a different atmosphere. So there were 68,000 people there. There was a lot of screaming though. And he could, well, he could have gone on and said, so So the atmosphere, you know, Old Trafford is a historic stadium and so every game that's there you feel a bit insane. He was like, no, well, there were 68,000 people there. Yeah. So it was pretty. And then the other one Straight was uh, um, when he was being badgered, like, are you going to phone up Gareth Southgate for advice? Are you going to phone up Gareth Southgate for advice? We've got, well, I've got a lot of people who I can phone for advice. Yeah, but are you going to phone Gareth Southgate? He's like, well, he's probably... Uh, he's probably quite busy here. Yeah. I'm not going to. Yeah. And all his answers have been very, when he's been given an opportunity to kind of um, do something more that would put him in the frame, like would make him feel managerial-ish, he's really just stopped short and gone, that's your answer. Yeah, which is what you need probably after yeah. somebody's so verbose. Well, there's part. There's the two things. One, I instantly took to him because of the contrast with the way Jesse Marsh's press conference went um, verbose. Imagine somebody droning on verbosely over yeah, and talking over. for far too long. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm, I can't imagine what that must be like. Yeah, having to listen to that so week in week out. Try listening to this podcast mm. and you'll find out. Um, well, that was the joke that you just ruined the joke about now as well, and you killed the joke. But. So there was that contrast immediately. <laughs> but what I really liked about it was not just the contrast, but the fact that um, he wasn't trying to be a manager and he did just get it done in 10 minutes and he just brought his what he wanted to say where it's like, um, yeah, I don't want to talk about injuries because I don't want to give anything away. And tactics, we do a lot of good stuff. We'll tweak it and we'll we'll move on. And um, and then fine, do you want... And 
are you interested in the job full time? No, I'm going to do this. I'm going to help the club and go back to do my job. He couldn't be clearer about any of those that's, things. That's how David O'Leary started. And yeah, but David O'Leary always like... <laughs> he loved himself, didn't he? Yeah. You, could, you could tell from the off. There's not been any of that. And it, it's about um, staying in your lane. Caretaker manager here to get through these games until he stopped. And he's at the moment, I mean, he could turn out into a complete monster, but I don't think he's going to. He seems to be just going like, right, I'm just going to do the caretaker manager things and not go out of that box. And that is perfect because it's exactly what we needed is somebody just coming and do the job. He's um he's leading the hero of the week candidacy by by some distance. Um, and he sorted the team out. Numbers we wise. played we played better than we had. I should say just to wrap up the point on the scores, by the way, that everybody scored quite highly um at Old Trafford. Like at least half the whole squad got seven or over. Pat Bamford just falling under the seventh threshold, but yeah, Wilf, Scoobs all high up, Ailing, Verba, Tyler Adams, Elan Melier. Cock, McKenney, all um, going back down towards the towards the bottom. And actually, the only people who scored low were either those that weren't on the pitch for long, um, or the referee who was <laughs> and was uh, a massive homer, the dickhead ref, as the, the as he's always ref, referred yeah. to us. Um, so before we award this to Scoobs, uh, we should say that Furpo got a nomination. Uh, Luca, in particular, appreciated that yellow, which was a, a sensational yellow, it good strong good. yellow. Um, Ailing got a lot of nominations too. I think we mm. we can't. We can't gloss over his Melier, magnificent performance. Nominated by Morley Ryan as well. Some fine saves and helped us towards the draw despite having poppered on wrists for the second goal. It was, it was a bit unsighted, but it was a bit weak, wasn't it? It was through a crowd. It was... Uh, yeah, it's not Willie is still better than Lloris. Willie getting plenty of nominations for just being Willie. Um, he's great. Uh, Willie, heart and soul of a lion. And not a bad larker, which is a bit of Yorkshire terminology for you there from Graham. Um, Ailing for his good performances as well. Uh, How yeah. many times has Ailing been written off? I feel like it, he's, he's been a the last couple of seasons it's like well he's come up will he be good enough for the Premier League he was great and then he had the injuries last year and was in and out and looked a bit over the hill then we buy a new right back and you think oh this is, this is him transitioning out of the team and there he is being our best defender again yeah. so. it's maybe the story will still be told of all of that team that came up is, is Dallas going to come back and all he be like Cooper oh, Cooper gets the same sort of shit where it's like oh he's not good enough at this level Played three seasons in the Premier League now. Yeah. And, and, and well, maybe their times are coming to an end, but it doesn't mean it has to be like you have to have a, a, a hard border on it. Do you? you can just say, right, that's it, you're done now. Yeah. And Ailing, because um, his contract ends at the end of the season, looks absolutely worth at least another year mm. because you don't not want to have. We may we maybe made that mistake with Brady and Alioski and Pablo all leaving at the same time, is you lose by not having a player like him around. And it's not just about cheerleader, nice guy, kind of codiness. It's, he's a it's maturity, really good isn't player. It? Yeah. Maturity, knowing what to do, having been through it before, like how many times has he had a shocking night at Nottingham? Um, so the Forest <laughs> game probably came as no surprise to him um, and he dealt with it well then and he dealt with this now. Captain does at Old Trafford, leader's performance and um, and he's just a good player. He just plays really well. He's good at football. Yeah, I mean, he did make a bit of a mistake for one of their goals, but... But also know. he was fantastic the rest of the time. So. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely ran himself into the ground to the point where yeah. his legs were clearly failed, yeah. failing I mean, him by the 90th minute. One of the reasons for the mistake did seem to be tiredness, he just couldn't get back, but it's whatever. As yeah. it was pointed out by, let me have a look where it is, uh, it's Ryan who's saying he had two young wingers going at him for 90 minutes mm. yeah. and he kept going for it. And one of them's crying to God about it. Mm. <laughs> anyway, it's Scoobs, isn't it? Scoobs and the gang. Yeah, give it to Scoobs yeah. to the end of the season. Oh, not just this week. <laughs> James is just saying, <laughs> you know, given the responsibility, short notice, all the stuff we've covered off in this show. Um, Everybody, I think, seen it as a big, um, a big kind of breath of fresh air. Yeah. He's he's guided us through this week, 
really well. And best scoop. Although I was saying this before he does his pre-scum press conference, or if he comes out, he turns up drunk, <laughs> like slagging off Radvitz and going, oh, he should give me the fucking job. I've had a really difficult week. Uh, Scoobs, um, best Scoobs since Scooby Steve in Big Daddy? Not seen it. No? No. Adam Sandler movie, not a fan? fan. No. Moscow. I, I mean, if, I imagine if he'd referenced someone called Steve in the 1920s. Yeah. He's, the, he's the best Scoob since uh, Scoob's McGee from uh, the 1930s um, comedy caper. <laughs> oh, it, it ain't half raining, man. I was going to say, set at a racetrack in New York, he's a bit more of a, uh, oh, what's the guy's name who wrote Damon Runyon? He's got a Damon Runyon if you want to Oh, get this is a real Scoobs. reference. I thought you were making it up. Oh, no, I'm making it up, but it's have the sort of thing the... that Damon Runyon would have made up. So have you seen, I'm saying I'm have like you seen Damon Runyon. The Adam Sandler quite... film Uncut Gems that's on Netflix? No. Which is not a typical Adam Sandler film. It's really, really unnerving and it's stressful. And I was going to say, it reminded me if you could think of a movie equivalent to Jesse Marsh's football, particularly the attacking phases of it. It's like Uncut Gems. It's just so like they're all talking over each other. It's so high paced and urgent and it just it's real. Anybody who's seen it will know um, what it's like. So there's your homework for the weekend. Uh, maybe Saturday because we don't have a game till Sunday. Mm-hmm. You could watch Uncut Gems and um, and think about Jesse. Uncut Gems, uh, as the kids call it. Do they? Yeah, there's a meme about whoever was in it describing it as Uncut Gems. They mispronounced it and it was funny. Okay. That's all I know about it. I don't, I never see the actual thing, but I'll, I'll find out about the jokes and then assess from there. Well, I look forward to absolutely eviscerating um, Scoobs for us losing Scoobs on Sunday. out. Scoobs out. <laughs> uh, and that wraps up the weekly show for this time. Then um, mugs at the squareball.net and plenty more. I mean, you need something to drink out of. Don't lie and tell me you don't. Right. And if it has Tyler Roberts' face on Thing is, just like us boxing up a, ma- a mug. If, or you, a mag, uh, we'll, if you are right, let, let, please let's wrap it up. We've gone on long enough. If you're right-handed, you see Pablo Hernandez, and then the other people see Tyler Roberts. So you feel great, and other people think you're cool. And if you're left-handed, then you see Tyler Roberts, and you think, um, "What a sweetheart he is." And then other people think, um, "Why does Pablo Hernandez have that huge hoop earring, like um, a Street Fighter character?" No, um, Pat Butcher. Yes. Please can we end this show now? That is it for the weekly show. Um, We'll have a match ball coming up uh, after the match, as seems to be tradition these days. We'll see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.